Well, all week long, I knew that I was needing a lot of prayer. And now, I started preaching in uh, 66 at the age of some of these kids in a church just south of Washington, D.C., in Virginia, at my uncle's church that he had up there. Uh, It's good to have uh, an input, you know, lets you get in a door, you know, have a foot in the the door. Uh, I've pastored several churches, began my first pastorate here in Macon County, and then I went to Florida for a little while, and then back here. I've had the opportunity to follow some good situations, but I don't think I've ever had the opportunity to follow something as good as we had this morning. I see this as an opportunity, even though I get a a feeling that, wow, what a weight, what a, what a, what a, what a work to try to do, to try to follow something like that. But it is an opportunity, and we are all faced with opportunities, and I hope that we will look at it that way. Just as a player getting ready to go into a game, you have played and practiced and gotten ready for such a time as this. And God has called us for such a time as this. Now, my wife is pointing to me, or to the door over here. She has prepared for such a time as this. So, you kids, you're welcome to go to your classes at this time. Thank you. Thank you, children. Thank you. Let's all give them a good hand. Thank you. What a blessing, mothers. What a blessing. Oh, my. My, my, my. To, to look upon your children and see this kind of thing happening. Wow, this is just wonderful. It's wonderful. <clears throat> Even as late as uh, an hour ago, my wife grabbed me and prayed for me because of, I felt like a shotgun gun going off. I did not know where I was going. I had some thoughts. I've been working with things for a long time, but just had no clue as to what was happening this morning. But I want to tell you 
that every one of these songs, especially the last two, were right down the Scripture that I had written down here and a couple that I didn't have given to the back here. But I do have, they, they were actually a couple of the first ones I looked at. My, my thought um, as, as I came to this, I really didn't have a, uh, a title. But Stephanie saw a couple of my words here and, and she wrote them down as the title. And it says, establish your heart in holiness. And the thought that I wanted to leave, and I'll, I'm going to end, Stephanie, I think, with Ephesians chapter 2, 9 through 11. Or, excuse me, Philippians chapter 2, 9 through 11. I think that's where I'm going to end. The thought... There's, there's, there is a word found in Second uh, Peter, uh, chapter one, about verse four that talks about virtue, and and I'm going to hit just a little on that word because of the theme that I felt that God was trying to say through me today. So I'm going to start, though, with Romans chapter 1, verse 4, and then chapter 6, 4 through 14. And I am in the New King James Version. Uh, I would have probably used another one, but I that's under a pile of books and something else somewhere. I couldn't find. And so, anyway, uh, Mark stays on to me all the time about my organization and, and, uh, and what it's not more than what it should, what it is, what it should be. But the scripture, uh, in Romans chapter 1 says, Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God, which he promised before through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, Jesus Christ. Our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Through him we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. Among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. And then chapter 6. Four through fourteen. Therefore, therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead, and I love that last song, 
by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life, which that song was talking about, newness of life, an army. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Now we're being challenged. We have all heard these scriptures, and as Paul wrote and told his churches, he says, I don't think, and even and even Peter, when he said in his writings, I don't think this is... This is uh, an encumbering thing or a tedious thing that I should say this to you again or remind you of this thing. These scriptures are powerful through God. They are powerful toward us. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies, that you should obey it in its lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. Second Corinthians 13. Paul is challenging here or speaking to a thought or an idea that some people had placed into the minds of the Corinthians of what Christ was, was in his life and meant to him in his life and how it underscores what's going on in his life. And he says, since you seek a proof of Christ speaking in me, who is not weak toward you, but mighty in you, mighty in you. The power at work in the believers. Jesus Christ is mighty in you. The passage of Scripture that I read in Romans 
talks about the resurrection of Christ. The next verse that we talk, we read right here is talking about the resurrection, the power of the resurrection, where we are in the resurrection and the power that we have in the resurrection. For though he was crucified in weakness or in the flesh, yet he lives by the power of God in the Spirit of God. For we also are weak in him in flesh, but we shall live with him by the power of God toward you. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Now, that tends to be a cliche that we hear so much. And as Christians, we, we just kind of, we accept that sometimes and we, we don't get into the real meaning of what does that actually mean when I live and breathe, when I take in the things around me as I walk about in my day, what does this really mean? This means that the power that raised somebody that was dead, they were dead. They were dead. And that power that raised him from the dead now lives in each one of you. It lives in you to exercise the things of life. In your everyday walk, we need food to eat and we, we look at it and we, we desire this or we desire that and we go and we partake of it. But the power of the Almighty God that raised Jesus from the dead now lives in you to call out holiness. What do we mean by holiness? Holiness is like, it's like the person that found the piece of ground that had a treasure in it. And he went out and he sold all that he had so that he could buy that piece of ground. It was what it, it, it grabbed hold of him. It was what he needed. It was what, it was what was important, and it was so important that nothing else mattered. Nothing else mattered. The person that was searching for the pearl, he searched and he searched until he found the pearl, and he did everything to get that pearl. The search, the I think about the gold and the silver and and all the things that people go through trying to get those things, you know, the digging, the searching, the all the <clears throat> bad weather and things that they have to go through to to be able to dig out and and search for and sift through all the material just to find flakes, maybe a nugget. If a nugget is found. There's just jubilation and there's jumping and there's dancing around, but most of the time it's flakes. <coughs> and the flakes add up to large amounts. 
where a nugget is just something once in a while. So it's that everyday working. It's that everyday staying steady. And this is where we get to the thought of establish your heart in holiness and virtue. Let's, let's read in... Uh, Wow, there's so many. Let's, let's go to Second Peter 1, 3 through 8. And it says, As His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him who called us by His glory and virtue, The word virtue here is is talking about an inner growth and stability and strength in the Lord that was identified with those that performed miracles. Now, I'm not singling out them from any of the rest. Because the Scripture doesn't single them out as any of them between one and another person. doesn't do that. What it does do here is it declares that virtue is something that we all are inspired to walk in and to enhance, to magnify in our lives. Thus... The song that we just sang, when we call out, when we prophesy over dead bones, they live. When we prophesy over dead people, they live. (coughs) When we speak into difficult circumstances, it changes. We should expect it to change. Ooh, is there some water somewhere? <clears throat> the thought behind what the Lord's been laying on my heart we tend to come and go. In this setting, years ago, at the first church that I pastored, I was preaching a message, and the Lord gave me a vision. Thank you. And the the vision, I, I saw the people that are seated just like you. And the Lord said this. These are good people. He emphasized that. These are good people. They're faithful. They're here this Sunday. They've been here each Sunday. And and it was, all this was emphasizing, you know this. You know these people. They'll be here next Sunday. Because of the faithfulness and the strength and the 
and the familyness of, of it all, if that's a word. You know, they, they'll be here again. They like to contribute. They want to be a part. But it gave me a vision standing out in a field. And he said, the fields are white. It's good to be here. It's good to encourage one another here. But there needs to come a time when we encourage one another to go out there. And then I saw a street corner and I saw the people passing. It's in the commerce. It's out in the, it's out in the, the working. Your, your work, wherever you are. It's out wherever you are. This is a good place to come and share the Word of God and inspire and encourage one another, to promote, to promote one another in what God's doing. To say, I got your back. To say, I care. This is a good place to, to know that. To have a group of people where you can participate like that. That's awesome. Whether it's this church or some other church that you're a part of. I encourage you. This is, it's important, especially in these last days. It says there'll be a great falling away in the last days. I don't think that means so much that you or I are going to give up and go out. I, I don't think it's that way so much. I think what's happened is we have, we have given the world too much say in the lives of our youth, and they have pulled our youth away from us. And eventually, we older people are going to die off. And so there'll be less and less of the church. So, as fathers and mothers, it's just so important to raise up our children in the way they should go. In, uh, let's see, in Philippians chapter 2, 9 through 11, Maybe I'll just read it up there. Therefore, God has also, or God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. Next. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven of those on earth, of those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The word confess
is simply, it's our place to proclaim the name of Jesus. Mostly in a proclamation of praise, of joy that pours out. Sometimes you and I both know that it takes us proclaiming and and praising the Lord in difficult circumstances, and there's not a lot of joy in that to start with. It's a difficult time. It's hard circumstances. But when we begin to praise Him, when we begin to exalt His name, those that have done that also know that there's nothing like it. Because it breaks the bonds of, of chains that have encumbered us and pulled us into difficulties and hard, hard moments hard ideas, hard thoughts. We are walking through difficult moments and, and many times the only way out, people, is to turn your face to heaven and call out to Him and just worship Him and praise His name. In the midst of that, the glory of God will break through on you. It'll pour forth on you. It'll cause joy. It'll cause excitement. It'll cause His presence to rise. And it's not for us, we find most of the time, but it's for somebody that we're either about to meet or a circumstance that we've been involved with that we know they need God. They need God. They need His presence. They need His power. They need the name that is above every name. They need the power that reaches out to an old valley of dry bones. Everything is miserable. It's gone. It's dead. It's non-existent. Yet God says to to prophesy. He says to prophesy over it. We all have situations. Every one of us have situations that needs the prophetic word of God. And guess what? You're elected. You're elected. You might say, who am I to do this? You are the blood-bought child of the living God that was raised from the dead, and the same power that raised Him from the dead lives in you. Lives in you. So we are encouraged to prophesy over, speak it over. Oh, I'm not a prophet. Hey, hey. Every word that comes from God is life. That's right. Come on. 
It's life. And when you speak the Word of God, you speak life and you speak blessing. And it's our opportunity to let holiness reign and let the virtue of the living God exist, reign, exude from us. Come forth, come forth, valley of dry bones. Speak over it, and we will see. Not just maybe, a, you know, our family members need to hear this. Our children need to hear this. Some of you have great-grandchildren. I have grandchildren. I don't have any greats yet. That's good. They're not old enough yet. But I've got grandchildren. We have a wonderful opportunity to proclaim Jesus, the Savior that was raised from the dead. We partake of that blood and that body. We are joined with Him. We've sold it out. We've bought the piece of property. We have the pearl. Being one-minded, being centered on this is what it is. Now, yes, we might work at the power company, or we might pull electrical wires, or we might lay block or brick. We might drive nails. We may have steered the ships across the ocean. We may have been in charge of many people. We may have not been in charge of anybody. Yet, in every single life, in every single situation, God has given you the life that raised Jesus Christ Himself from the dead. It is living in you. It is in you to speak over all situations so that we see the power of God move in this world. This is our opportunity. This is our time. God is calling us at these moments and these days. I believe that times like this are not only just their times to encourage one another, But there are also times to make decisions. Maybe in times there's been, if you can say that, I I don't know if you can say there's ever been a time when it was uh, too big of a thing. But, you know, all this that's gone on here this morning is so awesome and so good. But if it doesn't change a life, then what are we doing? So, this is a time. It's your time. Maybe the Spirit of the Lord has spoken to you about something, and this is your time to make a decision. Whether it be for Christ as Lord and Savior, or whether it be just to change your day. However it is, this is your time to make a decision.
I didn't talk to a group, you know, any group about doing what I've got in mind. But I don't want us to pray for people over there at the wall this morning. I want us to pray for people right here. And to be honest with you, I'd like to see some of the youth do that. But I also would like to see whoever does it, whoever, whoever prays. I I don't want it to be uh, a a time when a person does it. I, I, I would like for it to be like taking a friend by the hand or or grabbing a couple of fishing poles and going down to the water hole, you know, down to the creek and, and saying, now you cast like this right here and it lands right over there that way. Or you, or you cast like that right there and, and it goes and you see that rock and you see how the water comes to that area and you, you hit right over there, just right above that. I would like to see each one of us encouraging the other to pray for somebody in need. Whatever it is. You say, well, golly, I don't know if I can do that or not. Listen, I had to follow that right there this morning. There's nothing impossible. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. This is an opportunity. It's a good time. It's a good time to grow together and to fellowship together and to know each other and to pray for each other. So, we don't have a pianist playing up here just as I am without one plea. I was raised Baptist. But if you have a need, if there's something you would like prayer for this morning, if God's speaking to you about something, I invite you. I invite you to come. So as we enter into this moment here of praying and believing God, I want you to to feel that we are actually knowing that that there is a name that is above every name. And that every knee will bow to that name. It will happen. Every knee will. I don't know where I'll be. I know I'll be in the crowd that's praising God, but, but you know, you think about time and all this, and you think about the Lord coming back, and will that happen? Is that one of those events that will happen on the earth, or is, or is that an event that will happen in a 
somewhere in a setting between heaven and earth, there, big gathering. I mean, what happens there? You know, I mean, there's there's people going all of a sudden, and there's then there's there's the army of God coming, and wow, just you know, where's this happening? I don't know where it's happening. And all of that, when everything in heaven and earth and all around will bow it before Him. But I do know this. We, being alive here now on this earth, are giving are given the opportunities to bring reflections of what is happening someday. We're supposed to bring those reflections. We're supposed to Throw those shades of light as this is what is going on. This is what is part of the kingdom that is now. This, this, that's what makes the kingdom now is us being Christ's. Him reflected in the place we are here. We're supposed to be those lights set on the hill and those, those, we get into those rooms that are dark and the difficulties and the problems and all those things going on in our lives and we're supposed to speak the name of God. We're supposed to speak the things of God. We're supposed to talk about the good things of God. The more we talk about them, let me tell you something. The darkness cannot stay there. It cannot stay there. It has to depart. It has to go. What difficulties are you facing right now? What's happening right now? Speak to it. Speak to it. Speak the Word of God to it right now. Speak it. Right now, what is the difficulty? What's the problem? What's happened? Speak to it the name of Jesus. It can't stay there. It has to improve. And boy, I'll tell you what. There's nothing like a husband and wife joined together speaking over a problem. Man, I've seen the best victories in our lives when Delina and I plant our feet together and we speak the Word of God over it. Oh, 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 that is, that is super. That's super. Father, thank You. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Bring Yourself, Your presence. Holy Spirit, power of God that caused dry bones to live. Power of God that raises the dead. Power of God that gives sight to the blind. Power of God that helps a man love his wife and a wife love her man. Power of God that causes the children to rejoice. 
when there's been difficulties in the home and it brings light and joy and happiness in their lives, in their eyes. Power of God that heals the sick. Power of God that moves on hearts that are broken, that are sad. Power of God that sustains the mothers that have spent all their time planning for their children, working for their benefit, strengthening them, making sure everything works right, everything goes right. Then sometimes it doesn't. Power of God that anchors our soul. Oh, Holy Spirit, move on our hearts today. Move on us. Draw us unto Yourself. Show us the Father. Enlighten our eyes the face of Jesus Christ. Give us clear vision to see in Him. Give us open ears to hear Him. Help us as we walk, Lord God. It's not our walk, it's Your walk. It's not our lives. It's Your life. Oh, Father... Thank you, Lord, for such a time as this. Thank you, Father. You move us, you change us, you make us. We worship. practical application for what Brother Bob brought to us this morning. And I've heard him preach before, and this is his best word he's ever given. And um, is to be thankful. Um, it says in his word that we enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Think of something that you can be thankful for. You know, you can be thankful for the things that God has given you, but I think a real practical thing is the people who are around you. You know, especially your mothers. If it weren't for them, you wouldn't be here. Okay? And what he's talking about, you know, he's saving his best wine for last. Some of you are older, and some of you have felt like you've wasted so much of your life doing your own thing. Even though you've been a Christian, you've wasted time. 
God can give you that back. He can save that best wine for the last. Okay? But it has to start with a step. It has to start right now. So, be thankful for the things that you do have. Find something to be thankful for. Amen. a little nugget the Lord gave me. Um, This weekend, my husband redid a laundry room for me, and I've never had a laundry room. And I was really excited as a mom because there's a place that I can fold the clothes now. And it made me think this morning about um, Lazarus and Jesus. Now, Lazarus was raised from the dead by Jesus prior to the cross where death still had the sting. And when Lazarus was raised, he was bound by the grave clothes, and Jesus died. And when Jesus was brought forth, he folded his grave clothes. So in other words, we're no longer bound by the things of death and the law and hopelessness and despair. Jesus paid the price and he cares about every little detail and that's why in the word it said the clothes were folded. The grave clothes no longer have the sting. We're no longer bound by those things. And I was thinking that there's people here perhaps who are feeling a hopelessness, that they're still bound, that their situations that there's still prodigal children out there that have been prayed for for years, prodigal husbands, prodigal wives, and that the Lord would say this morning that there's hope because we no longer are bound. He overcame by the blood and that we are set free and that we have hope and that if there's anything contrary to that, it's a lie that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And praise be to God that we've overcome these things through him. I would encourage anyone.